Hey, we'd like to apologize for some of the sound quality we've had in some of the past shows since everybody's been staying home and working from home. The internet's been a little clogged up, but I feel going forward, we've made some software changes and the sound quality should be right back to where it should be for the Bona podcast. And also, we'd like to let you guys know that the NWFA Expo is going digital for 2020. Network with the National Wood Flooring Association and your peers from the comfort of your own home at the free three-day virtual expo on April 29th through May 1st. The NWFA Virtual Expo will feature more than 30 speakers, a wide variety of pre-recorded and live Q&A sessions, tech zone demos, virtual networking rooms, and the NWFA's Wood Floor of the Year Awards program. In addition, You'll also be virtually connected with more than 200 exhibitors to learn more about their new products for 2020. Our own Wayne Highlander will be doing a virtual demo on moisture mitigation and Bona products. That will be held on Friday, May 1st from 1.30 to 2. And Dave Darsh will have a pre-recorded CEU on hardwood floor refinishing for downloads. Registration is now open at nwfaexpo.org. That's nwfaexpo.org. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Um, Hope everybody is doing well and hanging tough during this. Stay safe and stay strong. And now I want you to listen in on our next episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob that will be Sustainability with Todd Waymiller. Hello, my name is Wayne Highlander. I'm National Sales Manager Bona Adhesives. And I'm Rob Johnson from Bona Training. Okay, Rob, how you doing today? Oh, couldn't be better. 414 hours in a row with Pauline. Who wouldn't want that? You're on lockdown, huh? Like the rest of us. I understand uh, your uh, your daughter had to postpone her wedding. Yes. Yeah, yep. Too bad. A lot of plans. A lot of plans. A lot of things have changed in the last few days. So, I think we're pushing. I think she pushed it off till November. I think that's okay. Uh, and we're we're talking about the coronavirus. There's nothing nothing other than that. Uh, nobody got cold feet, right? <laughs> I've paid this kid a lot of money to hang around. So, yeah, it's got to pay off me now. a ton if he takes off. Yeah, I know where he. You know, I know where he lives. I know his family. <laughs> All right. So today we have a special guest with us, uh, Todd Wade Miller, that works for Bona, and we're going to talk uh, about sustainability, how important it is, and what it might mean to your business. And uh, good afternoon, Todd. How are you doing? Good afternoon. Doing very well. Thank you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your your background and what you do at Bona? I came to Bona. I guess my claim to fame was the Atomic Dust Containment System. So that was a company I started back in 2000. And then by 2002 was acquired by Bona and been with Bona ever since. And what's your role at Bona? So my current role is the director of product management for our professional products. So that'd be all of our finishes, abrasives, machines, anything that's going through uh, our pro distribution. So you're in charge of all the toys. (laughs) Yeah, all the toys. But I do have a bone to pick with you, Todd. Uh-oh. Yeah, you knew this was coming. Right, right out of the gate, I didn't want to huh? do this. What's that? Right out of the gate. 
Yeah, right out of the gate. I'm going here. Okay. You, you stole one of my guys. Well, it does happen. You and, stole uh, one of my guys. Let me tell you. Um, when Robbie Smith came to me, he knew nothing of the business. He knew n- nothing of the industry. I mean, this kid was, you know, I really, I, I picked him up out of the gutter. You know, I know he's going to listen to this, but he, he owes me everything. And I polished him and trained him, taught him everything. And then when he gets pretty good, you come right up and steal the kid. I guess it sounds like we owe you. We appreciate uh, all the grooming that oh, you did. Oh, that, yeah. You see, Wayne, you see how you attack something like that? So, uh, well, you got to be careful training your guys. Uh, I've stole a guy out from taking training myself. So, oh, no. You know, like vultures here. I saw Mark Raymond. He's now our, he's a specialist in the southeast. And uh, I said, I want that guy. And uh, we got him. <laughs> so thanks for teaching him up. Uh, like AAA ball. We just get ready for people to move up, I guess. We're AAA ball coaches. In training. So we're going to talk about sustainability and uh, how what it actually means and how important it is to your uh, to your business. And, uh, you know, bonus CSR, corporate social responsibility, is a lot about sustainability. We, it's our big consideration when we make any of our products. Um, and, um, matter of fact, we have a zero VOC, uh, green guard certified adhesive right now. So, um, one reason that's important is you see these, these homes and these buildings, how fast we build these buildings nowadays and how we, how we close them up so quick. And if you think about it, floors usually account for more surface area than anything else in the house, except the walls, right? So they have an outsized effect on indoor air, air quality. Uh, adults and children and pets, we walk on them, we play on them, we work on them, we breathe everything they emit. So since adhesive takes up thousands of square feet, consider the large amount of raw materials and glues and finishes and adhesives and cleaners and all the other associated environmental impacts. Uh, so uh, getting down to zero VLC, Green Card Certified, was a big deal to Bonin. And uh, can you talk about uh, perhaps, uh, Todd, uh, how that's taken into effect when we come out with products at Yeah, so I mean, sustainability is really how we take our, a long approach to everything that we do, whether it's a product, it's a program. You know, we're, we're always looking at our customers, our employees, our environment. And because we're in this for the long haul, say, how do we develop a product that that is sustainable, that is going to help us in the long run, that's going to be the best thing for, for all parties involved. And so it's it is the driving force behind everything that we do and, and how we go about developing or or specifying what a product needs to do or what it needs to be. You know, it's one thing getting down to zero VOCs and quite another thing to get it down to zero VOCs or low VOCs of our products and not have it affect um, the product in a negative way. And I think that's where so much of the research and technology comes in, would you say? Yes, I, it, that really is key. I look at it from a standpoint, it's, somewhat simple to make a sustainable product. What's hard is to make it a high-performing sustainable product, and that's where our innovation, that's really where the innovation is, is the ability to take something that is sustainable, but more importantly, it's high-performing, not just, oh, sustainable, but it really doesn't work that well. These products perform at the highest levels, and that's, that's where the true innovation is. 
So I think if we go back a little bit even before that and talk about sustainability and why it's important, you know, this world is getting smaller and smaller. You know, there's more people and, uh, it's, and sustainability is important because it ensures that people have water and resources and, and you know, uh, it actually can help end a lot of poverty in different parts of the world. And so adopting these practices protects the health, the environment, everybody. And we see how important is, uh, you know, our health is to us now. You know, and how much time that we spend indoors, and um, you know, it's, it should be everybody's concern. So it's not just good for business. I think it's good for your employees as well. It's just a responsible thing to do. Rob, you want to talk about sustainability in the schools and and then uh, how you can maybe separate yourself and and how you guys approach it. Were you asking me that question? Yeah, you're Rob, right? Yeah. Yes. 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 And I'm asking what? you. Okay, I you threw that one at me. Hold on a second. Well, it was one of your questions. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was weird that you threw it at me and not at Todd. Well, you're you're the trainer. You're right. you're you're the one who teaches school. How many times have I heard you say, "Well, in, in our schools, that's why we teach you know, how to make extra money, how blah blah blah." And uh, so this is like right down your your alley. I'm sorry you have to witness this, Todd. Uh, you see, Todd, Wayne just can't stop talking ever, okay? That's one of the issues that we run into here. It's a podcast, Rob. And I have to fill this uncomfortable void because I keep waiting for you to say something and there's nothing there. Again, you don't Todd, wait, really though. You That's your problem. It. You don't wait. You ask questions like a politician. Look, you're from Boston. You guys, you're supposed to be able to talk. I mean, like Boston, New York, you guys are quick. But if I if I sense that there's there's nothing happening, I'm going to jump in. That's your problem. Your sense sucks. <laughs> All right. Hey, Todd. Is there a question you'd like hey, to ask? Hey, Todd, did you, you hang up? Todd, are you still there? See, he can't stop talking, Todd. He cannot stop talking. Todd, are you still uh, here? With I'm us? still here. I'm Excellent. Still here. Excellent. Um, one of the things that we try to teach people in the schools is Great how to sell the green guard, how to make more money without doing more square footage. And sustainability is, you know, one of the things that we talk about in the schools, huge. And, you know, a couple of questions that I get during the schools is how do I really go out and sell the sustainability issues? He's afraid to talk now. <laughs> Selling sustainability, it, it just comes with what comes with the product. It, it, I don't know if you have to necessarily sell sustainability. When you look at what's, you know, there's a couple things really important to the customer, and that's ultimately the performance of the product. And knowing that it's sustainable, that it, they go hand in hand. So it, it really is showing that you have the right solution. And so it's it's more of some there's not a sacrifice by being having a sustainable solution. You have a much better solution and it's better for you, for the people that are using it, for the environment. Um that they go hand in hand. That you don't really have to sell it. It's it's the story tells itself. Well, I think I really like and I'm thinking to start talking about this too at the school, is what you were mentioning. And another way that they can sell it 
is sustainability, but high performance products. That's the key to a great product is being sustainable and being high performance, I think. 100% agree. There's no reason to sacrifice. You don't have to choose one over the over, over the other. It's really the, about the best okay. of both worlds. Nice. Uh, another thing we talk about in schools, too, is uh, the Green Guard certification. How does, how does that whole process work for BONA, getting our products uh, Green Guard certified? Yeah, so we've been doing stuff with Green Guard for, boy, since the mid-2000s, so for quite a long time. They, they really are looking at overall VOC introduced into an environment. So they have standards for whether it's furniture or uh, all sorts of different products that would go into a building or a home. And what they're ensuring the person that has a Green Guard certification is that their product is not going to contribute over a certain level to those VOC levels, that indoor air quality uh, in a home. Uh, when we first started working with Green Guard, they really didn't have a category for our types of products. We did a lot of a lot of work with them on how to measure it, uh, how we go about determining what is the right measurement tools, how we test it and whatnot. And so in the very beginning when we were testing our systems, we were setting up different chambers and taking up a lot of different measurements in a controlled setting where you know, we, we could plastic off the whole thing and then have measuring equipment in there to measure exactly uh, what is being released from every step of the process. So whether it was while we're sanding, uh, while the finish is drying, while anything was going on in that room. So from that, we're able to develop the standards that are that are used today uh, for testing all the different finishes and, and into that category. So, so with the new product, uh, once we believe we have a final formulation, that is something we then send off to Green Guard and they're, they're able to create a sample and then take those measurements and tell us that, hey, it passed or, or no, it doesn't. And then at that point, Obviously, if it didn't pass at that point, then we're back into our lab to figure out, all right, what what do we need to change to make sure that it, that it does pass, that, that we're not in violation of, of those standards that are met. And what about the Green Guard Gold status? So Green Guard Gold, originally, uh, a lot of people may have remembered, that was the children and school designation, and that's been, uh, been turned into Green Guard Gold. And it's really not that it's a different test, it's just a more stringent test. So what they what they did there is they said, all right, we need to look at what we consider more vulnerable populations. So whether this is a medical setting or a school setting, and say those are cases where the people might have might even be more sensitive to that indoor air quality. So we set a higher standard to be able to get that gold standard to basically address those those types of areas. So I think what it means to the contractor, though, I mean, if you when, when we have that green guard label on our on our finishes and and our products and our adhesives, just for the contractors, so they're aware that when a product bears that green guard certification, it means that it's designated for indoor spaces in, in such a way that it re, that it meets strict chemical emissions uh, uh, that have been tested for more than ten thousand chemicals. So a, some, a company with the Green Guard certification can claim a greater credibility when they make sustainability claims. So, you know, if you're, it's, it's something that you can sell when you're talking about trying to separate yourself from your competitors and what have you. And I think that it's legitimate that, you know, uh, again, it's, it's, it, it goes to the quality of the, uh, of the indoor air environment in that, in that house. 
And so I, uh, I think it's worth talking about. I think if you're a contractor, I, and I, I think you'd sell well, we sell traffic finish or whatever, we use traffic. But I, I think I think you need to almost tell the story uh, to the client, and I think they'd appreciate that, probably now more than ever. Um, Todd, that was great, uh, talking about the Green Guard and the Green Guard Gold certification and everything for our chemicals. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, atomic systems and our VAC systems. Uh, uh, more, I'd like to get into why the HEPA filter systems are so important? Yeah, very good question. So, you know, HEPA, for people that don't know, that's a high-efficiency particulate air is, is what the HEPA acronym stands for. Uh, and, and what that really is saying is that it's designed to filter out 99.7% of the particulate in the air. And so that falls into a category that, for the most part, anything and everything that you don't want to be breathing in and stuff is being captured by that filter. So if it doesn't have a HEPA rating, you don't know what it's filtering out. You don't know how good of a filter it is in that case. So it's, HEPA is a very important designation. And, you know, there is one other thing with, with the HEPA thing. When you look at the filter, there should be a certification for each HEPA filter. And, and we saw that with some, we'll call it, cheap knockoffs of some of the HEPA filters that fit some of our machines that you could get a really good price, but there was no certification, which means that filter was not independently tested to be a, to reassure you that it actually is a HEPA filter. So, you know, one thing, just something to keep in mind that when you see that filter, if it doesn't have that certification, it means it wasn't individually tested. All of our filters are tested individually. So it wasn't just tested once. Every single filter has been tested and meets that HEPA designation. That way you know you're truly getting that level of performance. But in terms of, of the vacuum, the HEPA really came to prominence when we started getting into all the lead abatement. So not, not too long ago with the, with the rules on you know, lead and, and all the stuff, and if you're disturbing this, you need to have a HEPA filter. And so that became much more of a, a stronger requirement in every vacuum to have that HEPA filter. doesn't mean that you have to have it for every single job, but there's not lead there, but that's really where it all started. But it is, now it's, it, it's kind of the standard and it gives you, it's kind of like that Green Guard, Green Guard Gold. It gives you that third party certification that what you're using is, is taking everything out of there that's gonna be a problem. Let's talk a little bit about the VAX. I mean, you came into Bona with the atomic VAC. There's been a lot of changes over the past few years with it and it sounds like you've really been on the forefront of that Can you elaborate yeah so the you know back in in 2000 you know going going way back when we first started atomic everyone was running bags on pretty much all of your equipment not not just uh, the big machine but also edgers for sure and then most buffers didn't even have a dust containment port. Bone at the time did. They were the first one with uh, a DCS buffer, if you will, at that point in time. And what we were seeing is the amount of, of dust coming up from the sanding process. You know, wood, wood, borne, wood airborne dust is is not good to be to be breathing in. So the ability to filter that out of the air and not put that in the air is works twofold for you. One for for your crews, for your people doing the actual job much better for their health, but also for the for the end users. They're not dealing with that mess. You know, and in the beginning that's 
what the selling point was. Oh, don't make a mess for the consumer. But then as you talk with contractors who use dust containment, who use the atomic system, they start to really appreciate it for the jobs they go out and for whatever reason they can't use a vacuum. They quickly realize like, wow, I'm, I have to use a vacuum. I just, I can't believe I was breathing in all that dust in the past. So it quickly turned to more of a health benefit than, than just a mess benefit. That uh, breathing that cleaner air is, is, is fantastic from that standpoint. And so all of our machines now, the, you know, the portable DCS, that, that is a requirement that we put on them is to have that, that HEPA filtration. So that final filtration is, is with the HEPA filter. And we do run a, most of them are running a dual stage filtration system. So your the bulk of the work is being done by a non-HEPA filter. So it's something that's a little easier to clean, uh, not quite as expensive to replace. And then a, a final filtration with that HEPA as the air is being exhausted from the machine, uh, just ensures that everything has been scrubbed from that air before it goes back into the environment. Um, what are some of the other industries that use HEPA filters? So HEPA filters are going to be anywhere that you're dealing with air filtration. So hospitals, pretty much anywhere that they have a, a, a need where there's going to be some kind of contaminant in the air, then a HEPA filter is going to come into, come into play. And so that you'll see that hospitals probably come, come to mind, but anywhere that vacuums are being used, shoot in, uh, even a lot of the, the vacuums that you can buy for your home, they'll, they'll advertise that it has you know, HEPA filtration and stuff or has an option for that. So it's, it's a pretty wide standard that's used in pretty much everywhere. Rob, do you remember the days of uh, scanning or using an edger without the bag? I mean, with just the bag? We didn't have vacuums? I, I never used an uh, edger without a bag. That was, I got to put my foot down someplace. Yeah. I'm a lazy guy, <laughs> but I'm not that lazy. Do you remember going, going home at the end of the day, uh, breathing all that dust? Um, you know, I mean, we take the bags and turn them inside out, and, you know, do every trick you knew. And sometimes you get a hole in the bag and sew it up. But uh, and but then when vacuums came out, man, that that really changed the game. Especially if you you were the guy that edged all day, being in those closets, and, you know, edging off shellac and lacquer and varnish and all those other old old uh, finishes on there. Uh, good vacuums, not only that, yes, it protects the house and 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 these type of things, but man, does it make your life so much easier uh, at work, not having to breathe all that stuff. And let's face it, uh, Oak is also a car city team. So uh, it's better for the guys on the job as well. I think it was interesting. I was reading an article about hardwood floors from the 1800s. And uh, I guess carpets just started coming in, and it was made of jute and horse hair and stuff. And there was an advertisement in an article by a physician saying that hardwood floors were actually healthier for you in the house than, uh, than carpets. And that tells you, I mean, let's go back into the 1800s. For, what, for our contractors, too, that, you know, are doing hardwood floors, you know, um, working in this industry, wood is one of the best earth-friendly and renewable materials you can choose. I mean, oak floors are considered to be one of the most sustainable because of the U.S. forestry management and protection programs make sure that they're regularly replanting trees. And... Um, you know, rather than putting LVT floors and plastic floors, and, and we talked about one of our other podcasts. Um, so I, I think, um, you know, even the old school floor guys for, are starting to recognize that, uh, you know, this, this this planet we need to take advantage of. I mean, we need to uh, take advantage of. 
We need to uh, protect. And there's a lot of floor guys out there that this is their niche. They took this niche of, of doing really environmentally friendly work. And um, it could be a very lucrative uh, uh, lane to go in in the hardwood floor industry. You know, Todd, I I think you got to elaborate just a little bit more on really what you did for the industry. It sounds like you were kind of the guy who brought dust containment to the wood floor industry. Am I correct? I try not to try to be a little bit humble, but I, yeah, in, in a lot of ways, that really was the beginning when we when we first started that, and and really it was with the power of Bona as as my company. Obviously, we only could reach so many people and, and do so much. But then once we were teamed up with Bona, the ability with with the number of people we have out in the field and stuff, and, and the ability to show and really demonstrate, you know, what it can do and the difference that it can make and also having the resources to, you know, evaluate like that whole green guard thing, looking at, all right, when we use dust containment, you know, our, our dust containment systems are green guard certified because of what they pull out of the air. So, you know, having the resources to be able to demonstrate the importance of that and how it affects not only the, the end user, but the contractors doing the work and stuff, it, it really did change the industry. And, and I'd say today it'd be, I think you'd be hard pressed to find anyone not running some type of, of vacuum system. Whereas, you know, 20 years ago, they, they had a little shop back to maybe clean up a little bit around the edges of, of the floor, but none of their equipment was hooked up to any kind of dust containment. That's pretty cool. I mean, you uh, you're really the guy who started the whole dust containment thing, and like you said, it's tough to find somebody out there sand and floors who doesn't who is not using some kind of dust containment so that's awesome man that's uh that's pretty cool i mean Thank that's you. a that is an industry changer right there i agree another thing i noticed uh i was watching our bona video on sustainability who who was the actor in that i'm not 100 percent sure well, the reason I'm asking is, you know, you got a couple of good-looking guys like Wayne and myself. I'm a little surprised that Wayne or myself wasn't asked to do that video. Uh, it, it's understandable. My my understanding is we couldn't afford Wayne, and I believe you said <laughs> you were getting your hair done that day. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. My pleasure. Well, one one thing, uh, you know, Bona has always led the way. We some people, some people change because the industry makes them change. You know, the, the laws change, Prop sixty five, and these things, and that's why they change. But Bona's always done this, and we should talk about some of the things that, you know, even our transportation, uh, and, and even the way we package things. I mean, you know, um, I think some of these things are. Uh, we do not because industry tells us to do. We do because it's the right thing to do. It's actually a very good point because we do monitor a lot of health and environmental movements. And when you think about once a law or once the EPA, when they come out and put a regulation in place, I mean, they're, a lot of times that's pretty far behind the curve. So, I mean, there's been conversations. There's been data, evidence showing that the regulation they're coming out with is going into place for a good reason. And that's been known for quite a while. And so we do work very proactively to make sure that our products 
meet or exceed any future regulations that we see coming down the pipe. And, and more often than not, we are, we're, we're right on. And so when the VOC laws changes or when California introduced Prop 65, most of the time we don't have to go back and, and scramble and reformulate our products to now meet the new regulations. We're actually had already met the regulations in a lot of cases, numerous years before it goes into play. Uh, you know, one thing that you don't see, there hasn't been regulation yet. Um, we'll see if that changes, but like NMP in, in a finish, and that's a type of solvent. We haven't been using those for, oh, shoot, five, six, seven, eight years. And I know some of our some other competitive products, they're just now, because it's a bigger deal in Europe, starting to reformulate their products and not have those in it. So that's, that's another example of us trying to have a crystal ball to say, all right, we think there's, we shouldn't be using this, so let's be working on it now and not wait till we're forced to make that change. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's, it makes our life harder, you know, to, to, to go down this road sometimes. It's a whole lot easier to add products uh, and components and chemicals that, that, um, that are readily available but, but uh, are not necessarily good for the environment. So... And you know, I, I think it's been. If you look at our 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 you know our history of when you know pioneering and and, and waterborne finishes and uh, establishing an environmental department in Bowen in 1997 and the uh, ISO in in 2001 and, and you know uh, ergonomic uh, dust resanding equipment, all these things, the silane adhesives, all the way down the line, there's a lineage there now. Um, you know, we're we're celebrating 100 years in history today. Uh, a lot of people don't maybe not realize that Bone is still a family-owned business since 1919, um, and uh, that commitment to innovation is based on concern and respect for the environment. So it, it's important that uh, you know Bone is aware that we don't want to work in silos. So we're a global company, and, and what we do in Sweden and Europe and some other parts of the country, if we find an area that that can, can help us with sustainability, even with transportation and packaging, uh, that, that uh, we uh, work as a team. We have different uh, committees that will incorporate that into other parts of the country as well. One thing uh, contractors can do uh, also is, is for our, our recode systems. So for these engineered floors, a lot of them don't have a very, very big wear layer on them. Rather than, than uh, tear these floors out, you know, the, the bona prep recode system. Uh, the bona remover system, rather, you know, to just now you can maintain these floors for much, much longer. So if you, you know, it may not think like it's a big deal on a small scale, but when you see all these floors now that are in commercial spaces, and then likely if they're going to be replaced, a lot of times they might be replaced with LBT, which is all plastic. So being able to do our, use our recoat system and uh, add years and years to the life and longevity of that hardwood floor is completely sustainable. Well, you guys talk about that at the school? Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's a big part of the school, which leads into another part of sustainability, is the guaranteed recode system and the prep system. As you both have mentioned, anytime you can recode a floor as opposed to tearing it out, you know, the, the overall impact on the environment is, is dramatically less. When I mean, you think about it, a tear out, then that material is going to a landfill. Uh, the new materials that are coming in, the creation of those materials. So anytime you're creating a new floor, all the energy and, and raw materials that go in to make that new floor 
but that all those things add up. So anytime you can, can keep a floor going and, and rejuvenate it by putting in a nice new coat of finish on it to kind of give it some life back, that has a dramatic impact on the overall environment and, and what we put into whether it's the landfills or consuming energy. Yeah, one thing I mentioned earlier about, about you know, there's a lot of contractors that they found this, that is their niche in the industry. And uh, when you, you know, we always talk about how do you separate yourself from somebody else. And, uh, you know, they also, uh, one of the rules of business is you can't please everybody. So find your lane and, and your purpose. And this just might be for some guys out there to go down this road. I've seen it be very successful in certain markets uh, where, where, you know, the green, uh, and, you know, some, some companies do what I call greenwashing. And you just put a, a picture of a leaf on a product, and all of a sudden, it you know it, it kind of ties into that whole green thing. But to be able to back it up with the Green Guard certifications and the Green Guard Gold certifications, and uh, work with a company that's their corporate social responsibility has, has been leading the industry for a long time is uh, uh, might add value to, for some of our customers. So, Todd, I want to thank you very much for for your time on here and, and all your expertise, and uh, appreciate you uh, making time for us. It's been my pleasure. Thank you very much. Now, this has been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne Highlander and Rob Johnson. Please stay tuned for another episode.